You're listening to The Great Coaches Podcast. Hi everyone, Paul here, and just a quick message from me to let you know that if you are looking to improve the performance of your team, no matter whether it is a work, sporting, or community one, then we've developed some tools to help. On the website, you will find our Thriving Teams Diagnostic, which uses insights from the more than 200 great coaches we have interviewed to challenge you with a series of questions to help you understand how your team is performing. It's free and only takes a few minutes to complete. If you'd like to know more, you can check out our website, thegreatcoachespodcast.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Welcome to the Lessons from the Great Coaches podcast. I've learned that you don't do it alone. You learn so many different things from so many different coaches. That's an elite learning environment. Failure is not a problem. How you deal with it is a problem. How to be resilient. How important it is to infuse joy in the process of learning. To be a good coach, you've got to give more than you take. What an interesting life it is to be a leader. My name is Paul Barnett, and you are listening to The Great Coaches Podcast where we explore leadership through the lens of high-performance sport by interviewing great coaches from around the world to try and find ideas to help all of us be better leaders. As the podcast has grown, the great coaches we have interviewed have shared so much insight and wisdom that we decided to create episodes dedicated entirely to the ideas that have resonated with us the most. Today's episode is on the topic of resilience, and it features audio quotes from a wide selection of coaches that we have interviewed from around the world. The Lessons from the Great Coaches Podcast As the father of two and the leader of an organisation, one of the topics that fascinates me the most in these interviews is resilience. The American Psychology Association describes resilience as the process and outcome of successfully adapting to difficult or challenging life experiences. And in my humble opinion, it is as critical to your success as a leader as your emotional intelligence and your ethical standards. To begin the exploration of what the great coaches think about resilience, I will start with Neil Craig, who offers an alternative definition to the one I just shared and uses an analogy of driving an F1 car to illustrate why being uncomfortable is a necessary precursor to developing resilience. I sort of go back to uh, the definition of it. Well, what's resilience? Immediately, most people think it's about how you handle some form of adversity or crisis. And that can be a loss. It can be a poor form. It can be a, an error on the pitch in front of 100,000 people. 
it can be criticism in the in the media, uh, and it is that it is part of that. But it's also being able to handle success. So you need to be resilient to better handle success, because if you're not resilient, you be you become very inconsistent, because success seduces people. Uh, I think as human beings, we've evolved to to seek the comfortable environment. Um, our body is uh, from a physiological point of view is geared to bring it back to equilibrium doesn't like to be stressed so it's got all these internal mechanisms that if you start to overheat get rid of the heat and i think as humans we tend to be like that anyway like we like to be comfortable whereas uh, your best high performance environments eddie eddie jones rick charlesworth charlie walsh they are very very uncomfortable about being comfortable. In actual fact, they seek, they seek ways to keep things uncomfortable because when it's, that's when you really learn. Like you learn you, you, when you first learn to drive a car. Like it's uncomfortable, isn't it? Like you, 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 everything's uh, highlighted and you, you've got to push the, the accelerator down, you've got brakes and the indicators and whatever. Uh, eventually you get to a stage where you're quite comfortable. And if you want to get better, if you want to get better at that, you need to actually extend yourself. So you might be able to drive a car around uh, Prague all day, um, but if you want to be really uncomfortable, we'll put you in a Formula One. And so your skill set will have to increase enormously because you, you'll be totally uncomfortable again. And so this capacity to, to embrace the adversity, which, which is a form of training for you. Corey Close coaches the UCLA women's basketball team in America. And she builds on Neil's thoughts by saying that uncomfortable places is where growth starts. And in order to get there, your response must be greater than the event that you are experiencing. Okay, at the end of this time that you've not had to sit out, so to speak, what do you want to be able to say about your response? What do you want to be able to look back and go, man, I chose to strengthen my R. I chose to respond a certain way. And as a result of those choices, this is what transpired. This was the work I did in the dark that got revealed in the light, so to speak, later on. But sometimes when we all tend to look at like our circumstances and go, oh, this is what we can't do. This is what we can do. But when you are committed to your response or discipline over default, you choose to say, okay, where is it that I can grow? Maybe an unpredictable way as a this event is hard. This event is not what I would have chosen, but maybe it will force us to the uncomfortable places where the real growth and change happens. When you have to make those hard choices that develop deep character and life-changing habits. When it comes to building resilience, the great coaches talk about starting in training and setting up pressure situations that simulate what you will experience during the game. In fact, Muhammad Ali once said, I hated every minute of training, but I said, don't quit, suffer now, and live the rest of your life as a champion. Here is iconic netball coach Norma Plummer. Well, the performing under pressure, we we would have to do all of that at training, of course. You have to have your, your players under pressure and building it up. And the thing is, when you do it in training, I used to say to them, 
it doesn't matter if you make the mistake. That's why we're doing it at training. So we learn how to handle that under the pressure. And, of course, you, they'd make a mistake. But once you really started to handle the pressure, you got better than um, decision-making on what you were going to do. Brenda Fries is an American basketball coach, and she echoes Norma's views on the importance of simulating pressure in training so that people are uncomfortable. But she adds an interesting twist by also referencing her twin sons and how she thinks you can help build resilience in children. I just say this as a, a mother of twins is I, I think we've taken away as parents just the resiliency factor of it's okay for your kid to fail. It's okay for them to experience hard things. I think sometimes we've gotten to a point that we just don't want to see our kids hurt or be in pain. And I think those are some of the the toughest moments where you're able to establish that resiliency within your child. I think when you think of a team, sometimes I can point to a moment in a season each and every year where there's a defining moment that moves your team along a path. More times is is for the good. Sometimes it, it changes the path, but those moments are crucial. Sometimes after a really tough loss, you'll learn about your team to be able to fix it and change it. The growth that comes out of it really allows your team to become a lot more resilient. So in practices, we're trying to kind of build those moments all the time. We want those practices to be hard and as uncomfortable as possible. We want them to understand that games are, are going to be, you know, different and uncomfortable and, and we want to embrace it because that fight is what makes it so worth it. When it comes to creating pressure situations, though, you have to find the right amount of intensity to apply. And finding this balance is the art of leadership that is so difficult to develop and yet so important to your eventual success. Here is WNBA Championship coach James Wade talking about how he finds this balance. But you still want to put that, you want to apply the right amount of pressure, but it's delicate. So it's like, okay, when and where and how and how much. So this is the constant battle that you're fighting as a coach because you care about the players and you care about their well-being, but you also know that they have to be pushed to a certain point to be their better selves. So you're actually trying to balance that all season to go along with the tactical stuff, pick and roll schemes or getting the player to post up more or shoot more threes when they're open or all this stuff or just work on their jump shots. And and so all you're dealing with all this stuff. And so that's where we had to get better as a staff. That's why I had to get better as a, as a coach is where's their limits mentally, physically, you know, where it is, but where's their limits mentally and how do I motivate them to be on the same page, even when it's not their day. And now was the tough part. If you thought the only way to get a more defined jawline with natural looking results was through surgery, think again. Juvederm Volux XC is a non-surgical injectable gel filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition and can help you achieve natural looking results with little downtime. Even better, this improved definition lasts up to one year with optimal treatment. No maintenance required. Improve jawline definition for a smooth sculpted look with Juvederm Volux XC. 
For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. One way of balancing the amount you push your players in training is to include a focus on selflessness. A good example of how this works comes from the Australian basketball coach, Dean Vickerman. To finish a practice, the selfless side of it is how did you make someone better? And so we'll ask that question after practice. How was your physicality, which was the hard of what we did? Did you make others better with screening? Did you compete on every rebound? Did you dive on the floor? Did you do all the little extra things that help teams win? And then how did you execute what was prescribed or taught before practice? You know, Did you achieve it in the day? Did you execute offensive and defensively what we wanted to get done over the day? And so we ask our players to either rate themselves or to rate their teammate and give yourself a ticker across in all those three areas and try and build a consistency in our behaviours and practice every day. Another way of helping to build resilience is through the expression of gratitude. And psychology research is now able to show the link between gratitude and your inner strength to combat stress and therefore build resilience. It is such a powerful force. And in this example, Jan Sterling, who coached Australia to the World Championship in basketball, talks about how she uses gratitude as a coach. I remember writing, I remember the number... 78 handwritten cards, and I write a lengthy card, by the way, Paul, I write, you know, I write a lot. And it was to the, either the, it was the parents of every athlete, it was to the partner of every athlete, and then it was to a range of our corporate sponsors. We then go to Athens, then have the group together, and I had Trish Fallon and Christy Harrow, wonderful, racial spot, I had some, fan, Sandy Bondello was in that team, you know, I had some fantastic athletes, and I just challenged them and I said, hey, you know, now that we're all here together, have any of you given thought to actually, when you get home, writing a card to someone who actually would be home watching you with great interest that might have impacted on you really early in the start of your journey? So it might have been your... And, and straight away the girl said, oh, yeah, my under-10 coach was really fantastic. Do you know that every one of them did that? And... Fast track it now to now, and I know for a fact that there's some of those athletes that I've engaged with over time that say, oh, Jan, one of the best things, you know, I do, I, I actually send that, now it's email, of course, but I actually write to people now and thank them and I, you know, when I get, achieve something or when I won my MVP, I wrote back to them and said thanks for sharing, you know. And so I'd like to think my legacy is that I've helped people 
um, embraced a little bit more of thanking and being having gratitude for the journey that you've had and understanding that even if someone's only had you for one season, that when you're an open and you're getting that medal around your head, mate, they, they own you, right? But let them know that they mattered to you and that they've contributed to your journey because they kept your interest or, you know, you're ready to quit and they talked you out, whatever it is. And it could be your grandma or auntie. It could be your brother or sister. But just make sure that let them know that you appreciate and you're grateful for how they've impacted on your journey. Resilience, like most things, is built through a daily, ongoing focus on small improvements. In this example from Corey Close, she talks about focusing on the small daily habits that can be overcome through the application of a little discipline. I think maybe asking yourself the question of what are three areas that if I do nothing, I will default to, but if I make some small habitual discipline choices, I can overcome. The reality is if someone were to strengthen their R tomorrow, it's just to make a decision that what's going to govern your feelings and your circumstance. I always say not to decide is to decide. If you don't decide in advance, look, I may have some hard things that happen today, but I'm going to choose to look in and strengthen my response no matter what. The wrestling coach Tom Ryan builds on what Corey says by talking about the importance of mindset and developing that through achieving small ongoing improvements in tasks. This idea of bringing your focus onto the next action and not looking too far ahead is a common theme with many of our interview guests. So the first thing I think is just developing a mindset, right? Getting the mind ready for what it's about to move toward. And then I would set up right a series of challenging scenarios that they succeeded at, right? So it's the whole theory of, right, 1% better. They would be challenging, but they would prevail because prevailing is important. Mental application when under pressure also helps build resilience for critical moments when it will be tested. In training, there is the opportunity to normalise these situations by introducing small games or tasks. A good example of this comes from gold medal winning rugby sevens coach, Tim Walsh. So they're really important to be able to, to perform un, under pressure. And that's where that sort of process has come in. It's a process driven, performance based, and then giving the players tools to be able to do it. And that, got to be, that's got to become part of your, your culture and, and, your, and your training. So out of your comfort zone, chaos. And I just find a lot of, a lot of games that aren't related to rugby, it's more mental application that, really put you in those positions. So I think there's a dartboard. Yeah, dartboard in the background here. So there's like, we'll have tournaments in here that get one shot closest to the ball or whatever it is that, and how do you, and then you review it. It's like, how did you feel? What did you do about it? How did you handle that, that moment? Did you visualize? Did you breathe? Did you think about the outcome? Did you not focus on the process? So whether it be this or golf or anything, but you're constantly putting the players under, under pressure. And at the end of training, instead of, you know, I might get our kickers just to come over and get the whole team just to circle them and just absolutely berate them in the best way they can to, to see how they, if they can kick it under pressure. I've even got in our indoor training area here, I recorded the crowd on the iPhone and then hooked it up to the, 
to the speaker system and just played that while everyone's training in the in the field. But just how you can block it out. So just continually trying to create scenarios that put you in that position. There's nothing better than in live and how do you create it. But it's just trying to understand it and then giving them uh, giving them the tools to be able to do it. Supporting your resilience is your mental toughness. And the material on this topic is so rich that we'll have a separate lessons episode on that alone. But here, basketball coach Jackie Carson-Smith explains why mental toughness is so important when it comes to resilience, especially in a social media world, and the role that she plays in trying to help her team develop it. So the resiliency is is also tough because it's so tied to mental toughness. And that is the one aspect that is becoming harder and harder to coach because, again, going back to what we talked about, there's this negative self-talk. And there's all these influencers. If you think about the generation of of players that are coming through the playing ranks right now, they have so much more access to people who can influence them in so many ways through social media, through internet, through there's so many people that can get a hold of them. And they allow their opinions to matter more than the people whose opinions truly matter. So the resiliency is they got to find a way to block out the noise focus on the goal, focus on the process, and just develop a mental toughness. The mental toughness part is the most challenging thing that you can do to maintain resiliency because, again, you have so many factors that can come into it that are damaging and can quickly, you build all this mental toughness, and in one second, one game, one instance, it can all be snapped. To close this episode on resilience, I have a short but powerful piece of advice from boxing coach Mercedes Tafe Cooper. Mercedes is also a registered psychologist and has a degree in sports and exercise science, and in this grab, sums up over 35 years of coaching experience. But in terms of resilience... I think the single best piece of advice I would give is to, in as much as possible, allow your athletes to experience the consequence of their own behaviours. We hope you enjoyed our episode on resilience and found one or two things that you can bring to your own dinner table, locker room or boardroom table for discussion. The key lessons I've taken away on the topic of resilience from our great coaches are uncomfortable places is where your real growth and change will come from. So when they present themselves, step into them, knowing that something good will come from the situation. Create situations in training that will replicate the pressures that people experience in the game. An example of this is small competitions that normalize performance stress or anxiety. Balance the pressure you place on the team by a focus on selflessness and gratitude so that people look beyond their own experience and feelings. Don't wait for adversity. Talk to your team about embracing suffering for theirs and the group's development. Do it before the pressure comes. Here at the Great Coaches Podcast, we're always trying to learn. So please let us know if you have any feedback. Just like Robert Wagner, who said, inspiring stuff, so many lessons for business and life. Thanks, Robert. It's the interaction with people around the world who listen give us great energy. And so if you have any feedback or comments, please let us know. And all the details on how you can connect with us are in the show notes or on our website, thegreatcoachespodcast.com.